Would you like to be happier? Would you like to have a stronger marriage? Would you enjoy having a better relationship with your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, the people that you work with? Wouldn't we all? In a world where we have everything at our fingertips, have more wealth than can be imagined, and are protected by many devices, God has been replaced. People are experiencing loneliness, stress, depression, and a host of many other mental illnesses. The temperature of the world continues to rise as people try to figure out what to do about climate change. Crime continues to rise as people spread further and further apart to keep themselves from harm. What if the answer to all these concerns is God? Join me on this podcast as I journey through a passage that has shaped the life of my wife and me. Psalm 127. This passage holds the keys to what ails the world. I absolutely believe it. Join me in this podcast as we journey together talking about life, love, work, play, all of it, just to figure out if God is really the most important thing in our lives. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast, Unless the Lord. I am your host, Alan Getty. I do this by myself and uh, I don't know if it's any good, so maybe you should tell me. Uh, If you're listening and you've listened for a long time, I'd love for you to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review. Let people know what you think. Let people know if you think I'm crazy because of the way I talk or you like to uh, listen to me. Uh, I have a book called Unless the Lord. You can buy that book at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can also get digital copies at Apple Books or Kindle. So either way, buy my book. It's a good book. Buy it for a friend. Um, Talked about the book on the podcast uh, at the the end of last year. So uh, here we are. It's April. I mean, it's March. And last week, I talked about luck. And I talked about the idea that I did not like the word luck, especially when it came to people who believe in God. Because if God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and he is omnipotent, omniscient, then luck doesn't exist. Now, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what that looks like in relationships, but I have some, I have just some, well, let's face it, I'm frustrated this week at, at some things I'm hearing. And um, man, I got to tell you, I love sports. I, I really love football. I'm a big fan of the NFL, and um, I've just got some things that that I'm struggling with right now, and so I just want to share those with you. If you're a fan of the NFL, great. If if you're not, I'm sorry. You you probably, when you're done, when I'm done saying this, you're going to be like, that's why I'm not a fan of the NFL. So a couple things happened over the last couple weeks um, that just, have just floored me. Uh, so let me let me just kind of go through them. One um, is this this young man who is graduating uh, this year and is going to be in the draft next month, the NFL draft, which is where they get uh, college players and they put them on NFL teams. And um, anyway, there's 32 first round picks, and this guy was considered to be the one top talent 
in the NFL draft. Probably top 10, more like more than likely top 5, very likely top pick of the draft, which means he's going to make a lot of money. Well, it came out right before the combine, which is where they kind of go out and run some drills and interview with some teams, that he had been involved in an accident on January 15th where two people passed away and he was involved in it. Now, basically the story I hear is that they were street racing, the other car lost control, those two people passed away. This individual then turned around, left the scene of the accident, came back an hour later and uh, told a story and his story changed several times. Now that's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, and immediately his draft stock dropped because there's some immaturity things. and some, These are misdemeanor crimes, uh, leaving the scene of an accident and street racing. Misdemeanor crimes. So I thought, man, he's going to lose a lot of money. But then I realized that we're talking about somebody who was going to make so much money. He's still going to make so much money. More money than any of us can ever imagine. And he, he made these bad decisions. And uh, it just goes to show just how much money the NFL makes. That this guy is going to drop a few picks, lose millions of dollars, and still make millions of dollars. But then, but then here's the other one that's it's unnerving to me. All right, it's just a little unnerving to me, and it's also beginning to really make me think about my fandom. But I'm still a fan, so so bear with me. <laughs> I know it's going to sound really weird, but it's frustrating, and I'm trying to figure out where I sit on this. And this is before I get to today, where I'm talking about luck in relationships. But I think it, <laughs> I think it, no, it doesn't mean anything. I'm just ranting. So there's a quarterback. His name is Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson is, is a, a very good quarterback. I, man, he's fast. He's big. He's, he's very good at his job. He, he has had some injuries. Um, but this week, what happened was what's called the franchise tag. Now, the franchise tag in the NFL is where a team can basically say, we don't want to lose this player, but we can't come up with a long-term agreement to keep this player long-term. So we are going to sign him to this one-year deal, which he has to accept or not play. Which, by the way, the franchise tag for Lamar Jackson is $34.8 million. Now, to put that into perspective... The New Mexico lottery ticket, the Powerball ticket for New Mexico this week, is $30 million. Now, if I won that, if I went out and I played the lottery and I won $30 million, I'm going to tell you a little something. I think I would retire. I think I would retire. I think I would have enough money to live the rest of my life. And that's if the government takes half of it and makes it $15 million. Even if they make it 10 million, let's say they get 20 million of it, it's still 10 million. I'm pretty sure I can live on 10 million because I can tell you that I can work for the next 20 years and I will not make even a million, I don't think. 
So, so I'm just kind of, let's put that into perspective that his franchise tag will pay him $34.8 million guaranteed this next year. Now they did what's called a non-exclusive, which means other teams can hire him. And let me tell you where the big difference in contracts is. Lamar Jackson wants a guaranteed contract. You heard me talk earlier on last year about Deshaun Watson. It was about this time last year I talked about Deshaun Watson, who was a guy who was traded and then was given $230 million guaranteed money to play football for the Cleveland Browns. So Lamar Jackson, who is better than Deshaun Watson and has played more than Deshaun Watson and has been an MVP in the league, wants more than Deshaun Watson. Even if Deshaun Watson's contract is a bad contract, that's what Lamar Jackson, that's the threshold Lamar Jackson is using. Well, Baltimore is sort of on this end where that's a bad contract. We aren't going to pay that. So Lamar Jackson then goes on the non-exclusive tag, which means that any other teams can talk to Lamar Jackson about playing football for them and go into contract negotiations for him. It will cost them a couple draft picks and then whatever the contract is. And immediately within maybe an hour, like five teams said, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. And then there was this talk of collusion because the NFL owners don't want to guarantee contracts. And it was a lot. And it made pretty big news if you're a sports fan. And I'm sitting here thinking, as I'm going through the process of refinancing my house, that we were... We, we whittled it down so that we could make these payments on our house to get it paid off quicker. And I'm thinking, these guys could pay off my house and it would be like me uh, going and getting... Um, I, I can't even really equate it because whatever my house is worth, I can't equate it. Like... Like I went out and I bought some wristbands for something I'm doing in May and each one of them cost 28 cents. Now I could buy one of those wristbands and it wouldn't even affect my bottom dollar. I can't even think 28 cents for what I make is even a good indication of what my house costs and what my free fire would be to a guy who makes that much. And they're quibbling over this and they're actually comparing it. I had heard one guy compare it to slavery because he wasn't going to get 50 million guaranteed and that the NFL was colluding against him and all of that. And I just, it, it was so difficult because it's like, it's fake. Like people make so much money. Real life people don't make that much money. Okay. I'm done ranting. Done. I just, I just, in my brain, I go, how is it that I am willing to support people who want to make 50 million? I don't know. I love the sport. I can't help it. It's really bothersome to me. Anyway, moving on. So luck in relationships. Which, by the way, if I look at Lamar Jackson, I don't think it's lucky. Now, he definitely has some God-given talent that, that God gave him, just natural ability. But in the end, he worked very hard 
to get where he is. I don't believe luck landed him there. Although there might be some circumstantial stuff that happened that maybe I don't know about. All right, so let's get to this luck thing in relationships. And I'm probably not going to get to it all today because of my rant. Sorry about my rant. But uh, in fact, let me just say, I'm going to do this illustration and then I will um, continue on luck in relationships next week. But I want to show just kind of where I'm at with this whole, it's not really luck. It's also not really work. It's clearly God. So this last year in October, um, I, I took one of my best friends, probably my best friend, on an elk hunt. Him and his son, who is also one of my best friends. I mean, we're talking about two people, my best friends. And we went on an elk hunt and we had a spot picked. We had the right unit. We had the right time of year. We got up there. We set up camp. We woke up Saturday morning and off we went to hunt. It was a beautiful day. Oh my goodness. It was, it was gorgeous. But we did not see any elk. We hunted all morning, hunted hard and, uh, didn't see any elk in the morning. Me and his son went up into town to get gas in my truck. And on the way back from town, we saw four or five, might've been five with a bull. And then we, we like hoofed it. We like cruised back to camp, got uh, Tom and, and came back. And then somebody else had shot the elk, but they were right there still. It was like, oh my gosh, we could have shot an elk, but we didn't. So we went back to camp and then later, we went up to another spot close, close by and we sat there and it was one of the most silent days I've ever spent in the woods. It was so quiet. And I thought, my goodness, um, I've never seen it like this. We didn't see any elk. So we got back to camp and we get back to camp and we're, um, it's still light. And I said, you know, I know this field. I said, there might be an elk there. We might as well keep trying to, to see what, what happens. We drive down and, and at some point, AJ tells me, he goes, hey, if we're going to get there, you better punch it. So we punch it. We're flying down the road and we get to the field. And sure enough, out in the middle of this field, there is one elk, a bull elk, a nice bull elk. And um, Tom gets out, goes down, gets to where he's legal to shoot, and he shoots this bull elk. And then we're able to go down and figure out how to get through the gate, and we drive right up. I drive right up to the elk. We can load the elk up in the back of the vehicle and go back to camp. We don't even have to pack the elk. Okay. All right. So everybody who's listening to this, and many people have talked to me, and even I have said the words, we were lucky. I am going to disagree. All right, let me explain. So my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, he would, and he still tells me this, he would say, he says, and I say it too, 90% of hunting is right place, right time. Okay? Now that means that 10% of hunting is trying to be in the right place at the right time. But 90% of hunting is right place, right time. Here's the thing is that you have to kind of know where the right places are and what the right times are. In other words, if I go elk hunting and I decide to spend all morning at camp 
and I go out into the woods at noon and I come back at two or I just sit at camp all day and then I go, I haven't seen any elk in this place. I I would tell you that um, that's, that's not, that's not unlucky. I, I didn't even try. So I think that where I'm going with this is on this hunt, we worked really hard. We knew there were elk in the area. I knew. I've, I've been there many times. I know there's elk in the area. And I, and I felt confident that we would get one. Even to the point when I said at 4.30, or it would have been later than that. Maybe it was 5.30, 6 o'clock. Let's go look at this spot. You see, I understood that it's a possibility that there's going to be an elk in that spot. Now, I had no idea there would be, but I also knew that if we got back to camp and we started cooking dinner, we would guarantee not to see an elk, especially if we were inside the trailer. So I tell you that to simply say this. Right place, right time is not the same as being lucky. Being lucky, the way I look at what luck stands for is that you, I don't know, you throw a rock up in the air and you hope that it lands on the head of a fish in the pond and you catch that fish. That, that's luck. But in this situation, I don't believe it was luck. We were in the right place. We understood elk behavior. And we didn't quit too early. So we were able to harvest an elk that day, even though it was a really cool thing that it, that it worked out the way that it did. I still don't consider it luck. All right. So we're now 17 minutes in. I've ranted. I've talked about luck. So next week, I'm going to kind of transition into this. We've talked about relationships in in February. I want to transition this into if somebody ever told you, if you've ever met somebody and you're like, man, he is a lucky man because of his wife or, or she's a lucky lady because of her husband, um, or if you've even been on the, the wrong side of that, where you've gone through a divorce or you've had a situation come up where it just didn't work out. And I mean, everybody has those things. I want to explain next week how there is no such thing as luck in a relationship. Any relationship you have, there is no such thing as luck. There are, and I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm wrong. I'll make sure that I have this set for next week. There are three things that tell me that there is no such thing as luck. Three things that tell me in any relationship that there is no such thing as luck. And I'm going to talk about those three things next week. It might end up being five, but right now I'm at three. So join me next week uh, if you're in a relationship with another, like a, like an opposite sex relationship, or you're thinking about marriage, you're married. If you're in a, if you're just talking about friendships, 
Join me next week as I step through these three things that prove there is no luck when it comes to relationships. Have a great week, guys. Remember, uh, you can buy my book not only for yourself, but you can buy my book for somebody else, either digitally or print copy. Guys, I'm so excited to have gotten this opportunity today, and I hope that you guys have a great week. If you have any questions, you can email me at alangetty at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, unlessthelord.org, and you can contact me through that. And finally, you can contact me on any social media form. Just look up Alan Getty, and you can direct message me or whatever you need to do. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next week.